You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. I've never done this, by the way. Well, there you heard it. There's our special guest. Um, I am here. <laughs> um, as you can see, welcome to another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. I am Lauren, as joined by my good, esteemed co-host, Mike. And as you see, we have a very, very, very special guest. And I just want to point out, this is probably the quickest we've ever organized an interview in the history of the podcast. So thank you for being breaking so records. breaking records making miles you know the deal but as you hear it is none other than the man himself who requested to be on this podcast requested for this interview i am talking with the squat god himself the man the myth the legend the owner proprietor of icw no hold bard mr danny demonto himself danny welcome to your dose of death podcast my friend that was a hell of an intro lauren I appreciate that. Um, All right. So first off, let me let me just be a hundred percent honest. With why I'm even doing this interview? Um, I'm going to be um, hundred percent upfront. I don't normally take podcast requests. I deny everybody, and I tell them all the exact same thing every time I do one of these shows. Um, for a friend, foe, um, clout chase, whatever it is. Um, I get 15 more requests that come in after it and I feel bad because I obviously can't say yes to all of them so I have to say no to all of them Um, but uh, last week about a little bit over a week ago um, I, I know you've wanted to do this interview for a long time and obviously deathmatch community is a very big deal to me so obviously it's always been on my radar but um last week you came to my show in boston for the first first time on the road um to one of my shows and you saw that we were very shorthanded as far as a crew um you haven't really done too many uh ring crews in your lifetime and you stepped up big you helped us the entire damn day and i saw you ready to tap out several times throughout the day but you never did and i knew that um once the dust dust settled and um, once we got back to our respective places that I was going to make sure that this happened. But there's just so many things that have happened lately that it, it would just be easy for us to have a million topics to touch on. And I think that there's a lot of things that um, do have to be addressed, both good and bad. And I think that you are the platform that needs to post it because you are deathmatch focused and deathmatch um dedicated and that's what this has to do with it's, it's not a uh it's not a wrestling community thing it's a deathmatch <laughs> community thing uh first time ever doing anything ring crew fyi so it was a real learning experience for one and you were a part of the smallest uh, crew we ever had um, <laughs> our usual crew and our usual backup crew uh, wasn't there including the crew that was supposed to come with the ring which you understand as well 
the ring yep. the ring was pretty much uh picked up and dropped off at the building and they pretty much said all right here you go yep. and had had a uh, our crew pretty much put it together very skeleton crew you made it through to the end and i appreciate you doing it um and that's why we are here today but we were going to make this happen eventually um sabino knew that we were eventually going to do it um but we we definitely have enough topics to to touch on today so mm-hmm. yeah um, wherever you would like to start we could hit whatever you would like man i mean considering the past weekend that we've had of um extreme we'll just put yeah. it like that um uh-huh. i want to get your just personal thoughts first and foremost um just about what xpw is doing and i mean i mean you have former colleagues who are there so i i mean uh-huh. again the floor is yours about how you want to address everything to do with xpw and maybe people that work there right now that you okay work with in the past so however you want to start this it's all yours okay well if we're going to go on that subject first um i'm obviously 100% going to be very selective with my words because there is people even within our community still that would like to try to take my words and twist them into something that they are not. Um, I do have former colleagues, still friends uh, that work there. Um, I still try to keep up with the product there because I, I like a lot I, I like a bunch of people there um i get shock value um but obviously certain things are triggering people and getting them very uncomfortable and that's that's not very cool um let's go a little positive first drake younger <laughs> we're gonna go to drake younger okay okay I know Drake Younger since 2006, and the number one thing that I've always been taught in pro wrestling is that you should always gauge somebody by your own personal experiences with them and not stories that you hear from other people. And that very much should go with especially myself, because there's people that will tell you stories about me for days upon days upon days, and you'd hate me out the gate. Um but I know a person named Drake Younger since 2006 when we were both in CZW at the exact same time. And I stayed in contact with Drake even throughout his uh, WWE run. And I've always been a Drake guy because he's always been a Danny guy. We've always boosted each other. We've always put over each other's matches. Uh, he's watched things of mine when he, I wasn't on the same show as his and vice versa. When he did his entire run with PWG, I was cheering him on, you know, online and stuff like that. And he never changed with me. He never, ever changed. And the stuff that I read online and the stuff that I do know that he supports, um, I'm not on the same page with necessarily at all. Um but I also do think that certain things do get um, twisted into something that they're not. Um, that being said, am I friends with Drake Younger? Absolutely. 
do I support what he's doing in a wrestling ring right now? Absolutely. He's elevating every single person that he steps in the ring with, and he's taking what he learned from WWE and taking it and putting it with what he already knew from Deathmatch Wrestling and doing this hybrid style that not many people can even touch mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And, if, and if we could look at just that and just the performer, uh, please, Drake Younger, do not go fucking anywhere. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. Top five right um, now, 100%. But in a large world, there's people that feel uncomfortable being around somebody that believes in the things that he does. Do I agree with that 100%? No. But some of those people are my diehard fans that have supported ICW from day one. And that is always going to be my number one focus. If there's two, three, four people that are going to come to a show that are going to feel uncomfortable being in the building with somebody that feels the way that he does or feels the way that Necro Butcher does, then I have to take the high road and say, I could still be friends with you. I could still support you from, uh, you know, from afar, from even not even from afar. I, I could watch every single match that you, you put on and tell you that you did great and, and believe in you, but we can't really work together right now because my goal at all times is the fans that come to ICW. And it's not the people that hate ICW. It's not the people that don't want deathmatch wrestling to do well. My focus is always going to be the core fans that support ICW. Some of them travel all over the country with us. Some of them mm-hmm. only come to the local shows. You know, Lauren, you you only came to the Chicago shows up until Boston. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that you didn't support ICW or, you know what I mean? There's people that spend, you know, $1,000 on every one of our Facebook live sales. And then there's people that spend $5 on every one of our Facebook live sales and get just a crew pass or something like that. And then there's people that only watch ICW on IWTV, and that's the only physical support they give. And there is no difference between those three people to me at all, because it's people that are supporting this to keep continuing to go. The people that found ICW during the pandemic, the people that, you know, we helped them with their mental health because there was no other wrestling option to watch during that period of time. Those are the people that I'm worried about during situations like this. So if anybody ever wanted to say that I don't have the balls to book somebody like that, it has nothing to do with that. And right now, um, unfortunately, the the rules that are going on over there is that if you're an uh, XPW mainstay, you're not allowed to wrestle for ICW because they tell them not to. And that's a shitty rule. At one time, did I tell some of my wrestlers not to go wrestle somewhere else because I was thick-headed and stupid? Absolutely. And I'm 100% admitting that right now. I was stupid then, and it's even more stupid now because all it's doing is stopping people from work on days that they're, they're off. Uh, you know, there's, there's some people that have agreed to it, and there's some people that have told me, hey, I was offered this deal. I love working for you too much. So I told them no. And they still are with ICW and there's still people 
that, um, you know, went over there. The number one rule that I promised myself at the beginning of all of this is that I was never going to spend an extra dollar to pay to play in this fake war that's going on. If that makes any sense. If somebody costs me more money because somebody else is overpaying him somewhere else, then go ahead. There's a there's a very long list of people that that I could very much plug and play on every show. Yeah, I do that with you all the time. I always send you people. Oh, everybody everybody sends me people. <laughs> it's very easy for me to keep my ears to the streets when I have people like you. I have people like struggles. You know, um, I, I mean, I have veterans like Hank and Rev sending me people from the South all the time. Uh, I, I have guys like, um, you know, Robert Anthony, if you guys are aware Ego, of him. Yes. Ego, Ego Fantastico. He does not, he's never worked a show for me yet. And I keep trying to make it happen. The dates don't work Berwin. out. But I, but I get, I, he's not available that uh. weekend. But he sends me guys from the Midwest all the time. I get guys sent to me, you know, Australia, the United Kingdom. I'm always up to date on people that are fucking going hard because I have scouts everywhere pretty much. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, I think I think I need to harp on the other thing that we spoke about earlier. Uh, yeah. So to wrap up with that, though, it's not yeah. off the table, though. I mean, maybe if, you know, public perception changed a little bit or. Oh, absolutely. But, but I would have to I, I would have to I would have to see that public um, perception change and it would have to change. In my locker room too. Um, well, there, there, would def- there be anything he could do to change it? Shut the fuck him. up. Okay. Hundred percent. He he could stop dangling the carrot and and poking the bear, and he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? I, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to tell him that. Keep keep your opinions to yourself. There, there's a lot of people in every single locker room that feel exactly the same way he does, and no one needs to know about it. It's like a person that does cocaine right out in front of the fucking fans. There's wrestlers that do cocaine at probably every single wrestling show you're at. But most of the time, they go into a bathroom, and that's where they do it. Yeah, that's true. Some people are fucking sloppy about their actions, and some people aren't. Yeah. That's that's everything. That goes to every, every, every part of life. You know, if you know something triggers people in, in a way that it possibly hurts their, you know, like, like their mental health and their, their everyday thoughts and, you know, uh, or so, or, you know, let's go a girl that was raped and needed an abortion because she was raped. That's her. And she's being told she's wrong. She's going to hate you forever. And that's just, and that's just a wide belief. That's a wide belief. You know what I mean? And it's a stretch and it's dramatic. Say she buys a second row seat to a show, you know what I mean. And I, I I run a mystery show, and all of a sudden Drake Younger is five feet from her. I did something Oof. really wrong to her. Yeah, yeah. I put You're her in a, a very act. yeah. You you can't yeah. do that. You can't do you can't do it at all. I wasn't even aware of the the level of cancelization that Nolan Edward was at. And I announced him for a yeah. deathmatch circus. I remember that. And because I did not, I, I legit was in the dark. 
until that afternoon. Like I knew that he had like backstage kind of heat. I did not know the level we were at. (laughs) And I felt a thundering of, of heat that afternoon. And I knew that I had to pull him right away, but I I vividly remember that. I vividly remember that. And, but like to, to deliberately do business that way that you want that type of reaction from people is crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah, they do want that. That that's hundred percent. That and they got it. You know, we had a lot of strong several times over here. But, but yeah, like, we had a lot. Of I don't even. I don't ever days. want that feeling. I never want to upset people on purpose, unless it's like legit fake wrestling angle. Like the curbs yeah. broke up. Um, so Danny, you want to talk about the other thing we talked about beforehand about yes. harping on those stuff. So um, feel free to harp. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, we'll, we'll introduce it that, I guess. Sure. Because you brought up the, the, the whole XPW thing and, and Drake and, and fans being upset. Now, anybody who's in the deathmatch world, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter for five minutes and you look at the whole XPW, ICW, GCW thing, this is brought up all the fucking time. Um, and it's used to to try to uh, attack Danny. Um, and Danny's never, and as he's explained to us, and it's true, he's never addressed it um, on a on a uh, you know a podcast or an interview or anything. It's only been in, in text. So, um, Danny, people all the time are sharing a, a picture of a mugshot yeah. and um, saying that well, they're booking this person who's a confirmed abuser. Uh, and you guys are mad at that, but what about Danny? So, can you explain to us like what what this all is from? And, and this what is exactly okay. years ago. Absolutely. Um, one rainy afternoon, uh, my ex girlfriend <laughs> and I got into a verbal disagreement. Um, the cops were called by our crazy downstairs neighbor. By the mm-hmm. time the cops even got to the house, the uh, Disagreement was over. Um, they knocked on the door. They had to uh, file a report, obviously, because they were called. Once they ran my ID and they ran her ID, I had outstanding traffic warrants. So I got arrested on the spot uh, for my outstanding traffic warrants, which my police report says that people share over and over and over again that I got mm-hmm. arrested for outstanding traffic warrants. Um, it also says on the police report that I was released that afternoon after having to pay my $214 for my outstanding traffic warrants. And then, um, I was, I moved on for, on my merry way. Um, that is a black and white police report that was posted online. Now, the photo of my ex-girlfriend is after a car accident months later. And it was taken off of her social media by, I know the person who, who put this all together, but I'm not going down that road today because I, I don't feel like doing that. I'm, it's just that I, I'm putting the puzzle pieces together. So on the last page of the police report where the signatures go, a, a color photo was photoshopped onto the last page. And that's where all there's markings next to it, because that's where the signatures go. Um, and it was put together like that was done that day, 
Now, anybody that knows anything about common sense, that if that girl looked like that, when cops showed up, I would not be arrested for my outstanding traffic warrants. There would be an entire history and information on all of these things. And it would be public knowledge and I wouldn't be anywhere to be seen. And that's just common. That's common sense. Um, years ago, she did write something online saying, you know, this doesn't exist. I'm a mama three. We're not together anymore. But, you know, whatever, whatever. And the real ones that have been around me for years know that that exists. Um, there's not much more else that I could say other than read the report. If you uh-huh. read the police report, you'll see that everything I just said makes 100% sense. If you want to spend the $5, $10 to look into it online, you could probably <laughs> do that too. Go for it if you feel like it. But the thing that irritates me the most and i also want to tell this part of the story so people can understand what drives me it it gets me a little bit more at home is that i grew up with a mom and no dad um and my mother was physically abused by her first husband not my dad but um she was physically abused by her first husband to the point that she has claustrophobia doesn't go on a plane can't go in long hallways can't go up escalators elevators are not really fun and i knew about that pretty much my entire life i was raised that if i raised my hand to a woman i pretty much i'm scum of the earth so being painted as a person that did that it it's it's not very fun for me and i think it 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 it, it's a cheap shot because there's a lot of people out there that know that it just doesn't exist. And I think the people that run with it are the people that want it to exist because they want something to be able to point a finger at me. But I'm yeah. not one of these people that was falsely accused. This is like above whatever that is, because no one ever accused me of this. It, yeah, it was just... I was arrested for traffic warrants. That's what right, my so let's clear the air says. completely here. Because they they reference the, that, and they also reference like, oh, I've heard in the grapevine from this, this promoter and this promoter that he was abusive to this an and X. So never fucking happened is what you're never, saying. Never, not even close. Okay. Okay. Not not no, even and and if it and if it did, people around me would not be around me. There's people around me that were with me throughout those relationships, and I promise you, if they if if they thought. I was any bit of that type of monster. They would not still be working for me and they would not still be around me. 100%. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting that a lot of people talk about that, um, you know, because I know your staff and I can personally vouch for them. Like, um, the, you know, I, I know that none of them would um, be around that kind of environment, which like doesn't really make sense to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I'm glad I had this platform to be able to let that all out. I hate talking about it. I have a knot in my stomach right now, but I, I just, there's just so many people that are trying to run with that currently because there's comparisons here, but there is no comparison. Yeah. There was, there was, there's, there's no like, oh, I heard his wife, blah, blah, blah. There, there was never a person that said this. You know what I mean? There, there, there was a person that did a very, terrible 
Photoshop job and just put a, a color photo on a black and white uh, police report and made an Instagram about it. Did yeah. a whole bunch of, you know, it, it, you guys have seen it. Everybody, seen the it. people that have seen it, seen it. It's terrible. And if anybody, and the only people that are going to believe it are the people that want to believe that that exists so it can counteract other nonsense that other people mm-hmm. are really doing. Speaking of that, and I, I think, me mean, we've talked about this off camera, but I think it's about time we address the elephant oh, in the room it's, here. It's time, I guess. Let's go. Um, so a certain someone who me and Mike both know well made their return to professional wrestling and specifically oh, I know him pretty I know him pretty damn well too. We I guess we all do in some way. Yeah. But um I we gotta hear your two cents on G Raver making mm. his return to wrestling. The floor is yours. Um all right so kind of like what I was just talking about there's a very big difference between a a possibly accused abuser and an absolute fucking monster abuser. And G Raver is a absolute fucking monster. Confirmed, agreed upon, confirmed by him, and it's been done multiple times over to multiple women. And if anybody is going to support somebody like that, Think about him spitting in your own mother's face and then tell me how many stars his matches are. Because that's where it hits home with me because I am close with several of the people that he put his hands on. Very, very close to them. Some of them are my staff right now. Uh, People that have been in my home, people that I've shared blunts with, people that I've shared hotel rooms with, people that would be at my wedding if I was getting married tomorrow. Close to me like that. And 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 it it's not he's been accused of, it's not this girl's trying to take him down. He openly admits that he did these things. Was he on drugs at certain times? Yes. Was he not on drugs at certain times? Yes. Was he drunk sometimes? Yes. Was he sober sometimes? Yes. The guy's a shitbird. And you saw it and and everyone is saying it. And the people that are in the dark about it, they don't know this information. And if they know this information and they're still cheering them on, then I don't know. I, I, I can't. I can't. It, it, I got to knot my stomach. And I, I mean, I heard from Mike himself. Mike was at the show and he, he, he said he blinked. And then all of a sudden he, you know, G Ravers within a, a couple of feet distance of him. And I'm pretty sure that that didn't make Mike too fucking comfortable. And there was a couple of G Ravers uh, um, victims inside that building that didn't know he was inside that building. And there was a lot of G Ravers victims friends that were inside that building that did not know that G Raver was inside that building. And that goes back to the point that I said about Drake. I would never be able to put Drake into a situation where I would make the fans think that they are now uncomfortable and don't know what's going to be expected next. And that's what this company did the other day. And um, if I'm do, if I'm saying something wrong and if I'm being fucking controversial right now, I'm sorry. 
I'm I'm sorry to my team, and if anybody's upset about it, it's whatever. But I had to let that out because it 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 hits way too close at home, way too close. I've told that motherfucker. I said, listen, you can get clean all you want, clean or or dirty. I will give you five hundred dollars. Sign a piece of paper and step in a fucking room with me, and I will beat the shit out of you, and then drag your carcass back outside the fucking room. I see. That I've seen the text messages. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's uh, right. I hundred. I've offered it several times over. I want to beat him senseless. It, it reminds me of the movie. You know, Dark. What you guys seen? Dark Knight. And I'm sure yeah, yeah. at home have seen Dark Knight. It's like when the Joker is sitting in that fucking room with, with the guard and he, he's like pretty much just telling him about yeah. all the shitty things that he did to everybody. That's what G. Raver pretty much did to me one day. He was just bragging to me about the shitty things that he has done. And, and that I, the, and he, you know, he'll, he would go off and try to send me my, my mugshot and say, oh, you're the same thing. As, no, motherfucker, I'm not the same as you. I'm not the same thing as you at all. I really appreciate you mentioning all this because I know some of your staff that are the victims 100%. in question, and I've met them personally, and they're all good people. Like your staff, a hundred. G. Raver punched somebody in the face and gave them the opportunity to have a fucking seizure, and that person is a fucking female. Take your own opinion out of that. And she's our friend. Yeah, she's our friend. Um, Yes. Every one of us. If you if you have a fucking if you have a problem with her, then there's something wrong with you. She's that good of a person. Um also the the best people. Yeah. I hundred and ten percent agree. Hundred and ten percent. But I I, I wanna follow up. I hope you don't mind, Danny, but I'm just I wanna I wanna get this all out there once and for all. So that there's no confusion because along with everything that we just referenced, um, people will constantly come at the raver thing and say, um, why did it take two years for everyone to speak up about what happened in 2020 during NHB one when he right. did strike someone? Or was that just a, a matter of that people were uncomfortable at the time? Or I just, can you explain why it happened last year instead of back then because people are convinced that that somehow was orchestrated by ICW to take out G Raver and it's a whole conspiracy and let's just let's just get that out there. I can't tell you why it took a certain amount of time for an abuse victim to voice their opinion about uh what happened you know, privately not to the everyone I I mean I can't comment on it because I don't know the I didn't know about the other stories until okay. they started coming out. Okay, I only knew about the main story, which which was the one that I just told. Um okay. I knew about it privately and it wasn't my story to tell. It was her story Got to it. tell. Yeah. And when it was her time to tell it, she told it. Uh so you didn't know about the that's what I'm getting at really, because I I don't would never tell someone to you have to speak up. It, it, that's not right. my place to tell them. Same. This is this is my first time that I'm pretty much speaking up about, you know, the nonsense that happened with the police report. What Danny's saying is that um, he wasn't aware of 
the other allegations against. I was, I was, like I, I, I knew that, I knew that that things were trickling in, but, um, I, and to say that, like, you know, ICW was orchestrated, it's, that's, it's somewhat gaslighting and it's also somewhat like, uh, trying to push the blame, like, motherfucker, you did it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who's putting it out or, or, or whatever. You put your hands on people that were you shouldn't be putting your hands on. So what do you wish for? I know you wanted to get him in a room, but what, what do you wish happens to him? Do you want him to get help or do you want him to just go away? I mean, any, anybody should probably get help, but I think he needs help on not just drugs. He needs mental help. He needs to go away and get um, help on a lot of different levels. But I don't okay. think that any pro wrestling um crowd is going to feel comfortable being around somebody like that so therefore as far as a wrestling community it's not my decision for him to not be he's not going to be around anything that i'm a part of but Mm. you got to understand that your crowd is supposed to be your number one focus and that's who you're supposed to be making happy and in the deathmatch community, that's not going to be an option for that guy. No matter what. Yeah, it's a little bit small. To, to it, it's it's very small, and yeah. he hurt very top uh, priority people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not just females. Uh, no. What he did to Matt Tremont and the H2O family. No. I was going to mention that. Thank you. It, was disgusting he he's and he's just not a good person man he's just not a good person and uh i mean the floor is still there uh 500 bucks got to sign a piece of paper though uh and i know he probably needs the money so if he ever wants to take it open floor there you heard it here first guys i mean you heard it from the man himself I want to transition, though, to some other people, of course. I mean, the coworkers we kind of talked about, Larry and Ron. Um, I want to get your point of view on your relationship with them, especially now that they're both with XBW. And I think okay. it's been a, um, it's been a, it's been a, I know it's been a few months since Ron went there, but Larry was very recent. I know yeah. Larry also went public about his time working with you as well. So I wanted to get your okay so i'll be i'll be try to be as candid as i could be um of course so with the larry situation i've yet i'm i'm not gonna listen to anything that he put out because um i feel that it's probably gonna hurt me and uh this entire situation has really hurt me because uh, I've said this to him privately and I'll say it to people in public up until this situation. If I was getting married tomorrow, Larry would either be my best man or the person that was marrying me. We were that close. He knows all of my personal information. He knows about exes. He knows about um, love interests. I know the same exact thing about him. Um, I've met his mother. He's met my mother. Uh, we rode on the road together. We shared hotel rooms together. Um, 
we are exactly how we were on camera until we weren't on camera like that anymore. And, and that's how crazy this whole situation is. Um, I love Larry. I'm not going to speak any bad about him ever. No matter what he says about me, I'm going to ignore it because he's angry and I hate it. I hate the whole thing. And I hope that one day when the smoke is cleared, uh, we'll be back together again. Um, as far as Ron goes, uh, I felt like it was just Ron's time to, you know, go on to do something else. He's another person that I feel very, very strongly about as a friend that I would never want to devalue that by, you know, wrestling nonsense. He's a character in and out of a wrestling show at all times. And I do believe that he's playing a character right now um, that uh, is a bad guy. And um, I love Ron. I miss Ron. Uh, same thing with Larry. Larry's been off one show and he's only done one show there, but same exact thing. I love them both. Um, I wish them the best. I hope they're making a shitload of money. I hope that they're getting experiences that they're not going to get everywhere else. Uh, I did see a very cool clip of um, Larry and Drake hugging uh, at the XPW show. And that meant the world to me because I know how much that moment meant to both of them. Um, they know each other for a very long time and they would not have had that opportunity without them both doing that show. So things like that, I will always be a cheerleader for. And um, I, I want nothing but the best for those type of people. Same thing with Schlack. Um, I, I've been a Schlack guy since Hal, New Jersey. And, you know, 2015, uh, 16, he, he knows I've always been a supporter of him. Um, we do still speak from time to time and he knows that I'm always cheering him on uh, and, uh, I want the best for him. Um, is there anybody else there that, I mean, Atticus is a cunt. Uh, <laughs> so I will, um, uh, is the door open he, for he, those he, two? He, for Atticus? For Larry Atticus always has the door open. I mean, and he's going to be in Chicago. I'm just saying. For Larry and Ron. Motherfucker. I mean, at least Atticus does kind of walk to a, his own drum. Uh, if, if Atticus wants to do ICW, I'm sure he's going to do ICW. Um, uh, same thing with other people. I'm sure that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to, you know, it's not my business to tell, but I'm pretty sure you guys could figure out who have gone to XBW wrestled there been offered to only wrestle there and yep. still ends up wrestling for me. And then there's people that stay. Um, and then there's people that, you know, they're in a situation there that they're making so much money that it, it's worth it for them to stay home and also um, keep their bodies. Okay. Deathmatch wrestling yeah. is not uh, very good to our bodies. And uh, none of us were have been doing it on the level that we are currently ever in our careers because there was never this many deathmatch shows until now. There was there was never really full deathmatch shows consistently ever in America. 
Like CZW didn't yeah. run full death match shows. They ran sporadic death match shows mm-hmm. with tournaments in between. Same thing with IWA. Like there was like Murdoch going out and doing 150 death matches last year or whatever the fuck it was. That that's just a crazy number to me. I think one of your favorite people, Stephen A, once said, and it's a very true. It's like you guys. Are, it's like there's a tournament of death every week now. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is it, not it, so. especially like the you know weekender weekends like. When we were in the United Kingdom, we're doing four death matches in a different country in the matter of three days. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. The the scars and the and the open wounds they cross over to the next day, and it, it's it it takes a toll on your body. And every single person that does deathmatch wrestling always needs a break. There's you need a mental break and you need a physical break from this, or it's going to break you down. Everybody takes their breaks. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I wanted to kind of point out something positive here, real quick, and the fact that ICW No Holds Barred has been able to tap into markets that really haven't been tapped into, like the UK, like yeah. Australia, to be able to travel to both those continent, two different continents, and really two different countries, and to be able to find yourself with really like some of the best talent in the world. I mean. You built an amazing relationship with Joel Bateman and DMDU to pull off an entire incredible tour in the UK, which um, shout out to our friend um, James LaScola, better known as the This Week in Death guy, who went all the way out there with you guys to document those entire shows, as well as the UK, which I've been harping that the UK deathmatch scene is probably the most slept on scene in deathmatch wrestling. I slept on it. I slept on it until I was I was right there in the fucking middle of it. I told Big F and Joe, who was one of my good friends, that I was having you on, and I had to shout him out because he loves you guys and he loved the fact. I know that he was so yo. So, Big F and Joe is my dude. Um, our dude, our a hundred percent. So he went above and beyond to make sure that all of us felt very comfortable. And um, happy to be there. Uh, you know, if, if it was making sure we had weed or, you know, just making sure that there was rides from an airport, um, the hotel didn't suck or, you know, the Airbnb didn't suck. He, he was in constant contact and he just wanted the tour to go as well as could possibly be. But, he, you know, he bringing in the six packs of beer, you know, 12 packs of beer, whatever, whatever it was. Um, I, I love Big Joe. Uh, I love having Big Joe. I, I love the entire UK scene. Um, that's why we're going back in May. Yeah, I'm uh, so happy you guys are going back for God Weekend. And 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 to be honest, I, I'll break it on here. My goal is to go one more time this year. We're, I'm, I want to do three times all in one year because that's how that's how successful as well the United Kingdom was, and we did it on a skeleton budget the first time because obviously you saw how small the building was. Yeah. Um, so, you know, numbers don't lie. Um, but we made that happen. People came out. They bought merchandise. Um, Sold out the we, building three nights in a row. Absolutely. Two and months in advance. They were very unique shows, I think. I, I thought they were very different. I liked them a lot. Yeah, and the next two set, the next set of shows are going to be very different because we're throwing the vortex in the middle of it. 
the vortex always makes the shows i feel i think a little bit different because um from the beginning you're you don't you're not expecting anything so everything turns into a bonus especially yeah, if you're 100%. if you're putting matches together that are you know people want to see i mean i will say this as well you are putting together right now with just shows across the board some of the most unique and some of the really the most exciting death matches matchups we've seen. I mean, speaking of the UK weekender, you just booked Lou Nixon versus Reed Bentley, who was making yeah. his return death match. I mean, we know Reed comes in and out, but to bring him to the UK, Reed's one of my aces, Lou, though. He is one of the aces. There's um, there's four aces in every deck, and Reed Bentley has been an ace since day one. But the other one, as some as a Chicago man himself, who I say this on and off. That we starve for death matches, the Chicago Weekender you're bringing. To me, I almost shed a tear when you booked Neil Diamond Cutter and Nate Webb. So did I. <laughs> so, so little, <laughs> peel the curtain back a little bit. I tried to shoot that match on them uh, when we ran Indiana because Nate was in the building. I go, yeah. hey, I go, hey, listen, listen, listen. Um, Neil's in this match, but I could probably take him out of it if you're will. He's like, listen, I'm not, just, I'm just not in the mood to even work today. Blah 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 blah. Um, but I knew that eventually I needed to make that exact match happen just for, I mean, A to the Z reason, obviously. But I, Lauren, I have some some fights in the fucking cooker right now for um, Chicago. I don't, uh, I don't know. I I don't I, I I see the thing is tickets are we'll, we'll talk later. It's not even we'll like me later. trying to sell tickets right now. Uh, Saturday might really sell out within the next couple of weeks. And um, I want to shout out our friends at RPW as well, Chris and our, the RPW guys coming in as well. Yeah, they're really killing it. And I'm I'm happy that we brought you on when you did because of course we had the faces of Death Weekend literally right around the corner. It's yeah, some it's incredible four, four days away, and you're not coming to it. How lame, I'm motherfucker! Sorry. I'm watching from home. <laughs> he was just was here. He was, was just, just here, and and Chicago's right around the corner. Exactly. I have a lot coming up. I have a lot. But we yeah. do on a more positive note, Danny. Tell us about this weekend because this is uh, this is fucking big for you, right? This oh is, yeah, uh, mania weekend, and yeah. when you got you got a lot of the. OGs and a lot of the big GCW fans to stay in Jersey. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I I I promised that no matter what um was presented in California, that if people wanted deathmatch wrestling during Mania weekend, they should stay in New Jersey. And I I think I definitely produced two pretty solid lineups. Um, RPW put a hell of a lineup too with their own brand as well. There's uh definitely some surprises in the cooker as well. Some uh long anticipated returns that need to you know happen for certain people that I think the crowd is going to be very happy with. Um, having those people in the building uh this weekend's and and we're up against Mania by the way yeah on Saturday yeah. but. I think that people that watch ICW, at least the hardcore fans, um, this is their WrestleMania. And and we always turn it up Mania Weekend. Think about two years ago. It was the yes. start of the Casey Kirk. Uh, you know, the whole story was I was supposed to wrestle. You know, just my buddy Azriel was going to – we were just yes. going to do a, pretty much a That's throwaway right. match with each other. And Casey was going to go to 
uh, Texas, I believe it was, Mania that weekend. I mean, that year. But she was like, you know what? She hit me up. She said, hey, could I just hang out with the girls and sell merch this weekend? I don't feel like going to Texas. I said, how do you feel about fighting me? And she said, let's fucking go, boss man. And now we're here. Um, I got to say, I am a huge Lefisto fan. You booking Same. her for this weekend Same. is like the greatest thing to me. The greatest uh, thing to me. She's ready. It's gonna She's be ready. Good, yeah. She know I get a lot of DMs like, does Lefisto know that you're a deathmatch company? She says she, <laughs> she knows exactly what the fuck she's signing up for. It, it, it took Lufisto. a while for me to get her to do it. I've been begging her to do it the entire time. She knows what it is. She she's I mean, I do not expect two hundred light tubes surrounding the ring and you know, A to the Z the first time out, but she's She's one of the most violent women that have ever stepped foot in a ring, and she's still I mean, one of the most violent women to ever step foot in a ring. You're booking her versus Nikki, like yeah. that is like that is like a massive like IWA Mid South throwback match. That and she knows what she's doing when she's getting in the ring with Mickey. You know what I mean? So, and and Casey's number one dream match at the top of her list is Lefisto. So that's the whole. That was my whole striving point behind this because. When I have a team of people, I try to keep my team happy. Um, a lot of them come to me sometimes and they give me their little lists. Uh, you know, I'm sure Neil has expressed that to you in the past that I, I've knocked off yeah. probably like 10 to 15 names off of Neil's list. Yes, you have. Um, I wanted to harp on that a little bit um, because people t- like to talk about um, – locker rooms and teams and I was going to say I was going to transition right into that so you read my mind um I will ride and I will die for the my team that I have put together and it has been a slow build over the last couple of years and there's some people that have stuck around and there's some people that are you know on a rotating cast and there's some people that get the dates before I even send them to IWTV so I I don't want to make it seem like you know, everybody's equal because they're not. There's there's people that have been with me since NHB1, like John Wayne and Eric Ryan, who I consider the two locker room leaders in the locker room. Uh, Eric Ryan runs the locker room uh, meeting every single time he's in the locker room. And I have no problem whatsoever with it because people learn every single time we have that meeting. Um, I have guys that have been to TV, like Cruel, uh, that has learned some tv stuff behind it so he he likes to step up every now and then and and teach the guys that have not done too much tv wrestling uh camera work um working the hard camera working the floor camera uh announcements stuff like that um there's a lot of levels to the team but the number one thing is that we always act as a team when we go to the united kingdom when we go to australia you know, we're bandaging each other up. We're watching each other's matches being like, okay, he's going to need this, this, this when he gets to the back. Um, it's very much a team effort. And if anybody thinks otherwise, then they're not paying attention um, too well. I can I can peel the current back a little bit because I was a part of that locker room. You were a part of it locker. for, for Saturday. It, for the, Saturday. The only thing that I, I want to point out with that is that you were a part of one of the saddest days for all of us. We were all in a, um, and we got to get through this mode. Yeah. 
Um, but we did. I don't know if you were there for the locker room meeting when we I all was. cried like babies. I uh, was. Yeah. Um, so it was a unique situation there. But as you could see, we do it as a team. We push through as a team. Yeah. Um, and we all look out for each other because with deathmatch wrestling, obviously there's risks that go into what we do. Um, but the reward definitely um, is, is great in the end because the fan base is so overwhelmingly grateful for what we do. I love deathmatch wrestling. I love the fans of deathmatch wrestling. Um, I don't want to go anywhere else. I will stay in this bubble forever. I will ignore the outside bubble forever. Um, I was a trained professional wrestler and didn't do death matches my entire career, but I always loved them. Um, once I did start doing them, um, I was addicted to them just like everybody else. Um, we're addicted to every single part of the art form. Um, and it's very much like the mafia. Once you're in, you're kind of stuck for life, even if you try to get out. Um, also, let's do a little quick little shout out to our boy Darren McCarty. Uncle uh, Darren, Darren McCarty. I call Uncle Dmac. Dmac is a absolute gem um, of a human, four time Stanley Cup winner of the Detroit Red Wings, but somehow takes his weekends to hang out at deathmatch shows, and he's just such an uplifting part of um, our community and the team. He uh, he he makes everybody around him happier, and I can't. I, I, I can't express into words how happy I am to have him a part of this. Um, and there's so many other people. There's not, I can't compare DMAC to absolutely anybody, but there's so many other people like DMAC on different levels that just make this whole process very, very enjoyable. Um, I do I'll think see. that there's improvements for the, the deathmatch community. Um, there's obviously dark clouds. Um, that have been over things lately over drama and Facebook groups. And yeah, we've talked about this, Danny. And I had to ask you, I knew you were going to bring it up. We've had multiple <laughs> conversations about this topic. What do you say to everybody who's just so fighting on Facebook, who are just, they're at each other's throats. Like, what would you say to, to everybody on there uh, or to the people? I would say, just- Hey guys, remember when the world was shut down three years ago and we had absolutely fucking nothing. That's what I would say. And then yeah. do you remember when we had absolutely nothing who was giving you the only little bit of fucking hope with for deathmatch wrestling? So why the fuck would you try to fuck that up just over a petty bullshit fake war? Yes, did I did I go on a microphone and say this is fucking war? Yeah. Fake wrestling nonsense. Not let's uh, you know stop this person from working here and you you know take this person away from the that's not that's that's not what this was supposed to be this was supposed to be a competition you know wrestling competition and i would have loved the sh- show i wanted a joint show i was telling everybody i, well, I wanted the joint to show would have never happened but we definitely could have used each other as a positive striving point instead of the way that this ended up being um there I don't want it to keep going. I said this many times. The war is over, especially on my end. I am not competing. I'm still yeah. not competing. I'm never going to compete. Um, I, I will still continue to not run 
on the same day as they do in New Jersey because they don't want to hurt the fans. But I'm also not going to cheer them on either because there's just so many silly things that they're doing to try to hurt me specifically on purpose. And I'm not doing that at all. And I've never done it. What I do, book fucking Messiah to cut a promo? He's like, come on, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I wish everyone would just um, calm down a little bit. Just a little Big bit. Time. It's just supposed to be fun, you know? Yeah. And we're all supposed to be on the same fucking page. Yeah, I don't like seeing the, I don't like seeing the state of it right now. It highly upsets me, and I told you that. I said this to um, you earlier, man. I can't wait to be able to just get out of that fucking Facebook group uh, after yeah. Mania Weekend and just take a break. Just because we don't even have a stretch of shows, so I don't have to yeah. see the posts every day. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna, I, probably make my own. Maybe maybe we'll do a KRW positivity page. I, t- I keep telling you, Mike. <laughs> I keep telling you, pull the trigger on it. Um, Danny, I also want to point out with ICW is that you've been able to make like these different territories. Like you have your New Jersey, the East Coast, but you have the to me, the one territory that has really stood out to me is Chattanooga. Chattanooga. They are fucking yeah. incredible. I love every Chattanooga show you guys do. So I'll peel back the Chattanooga well. curtain a little bit for you guys, too. Go ahead. Um, so Chattanooga was definitely a, uh experiment at first. And it was a deal that was presented to me by Tank and Rev. And as people have known in the past, I do give Tank and Rev... Um, uh, always my ear um, for recommendations because I've known them as long as I do and I know how smart they are. Um, so they said, you know, violence, the South, remember Georgia, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's try it. We went there four times in the first year. Yeah, incredible. Um, and the reason behind it is that from the second we pull into Chattanooga to the second we leave Chattanooga, no matter what is going on elsewhere in the world, no matter if there's any outside drama, if there's any, you know, pain or anything like that, it doesn't exist between those walls. And the entire team down there and the fans and everything, we're all on the same page to put on the best possible show um, possible both of the days that we're down there. I love the community. I love eating the food down there. Um, the hotel's cool. Um, we're, and we just all stay together, and it's just a fun time across the board. Um, do I make a shitload of money in Chattanooga? I don't. Uh, is it a community that buys a whole bunch of merchandise? Yeah. They don't. It's the South. Um, is there 300 people at every one of those shows? There isn't. But I make enough to be able to put on the shows that I do. And then I don't mind selling five and ten dollar eight by tens the next Tuesday on a live sale yeah. to make up for the mental health um, boost that every single one of us have after leaving Chattanooga. That and th- that everyone will tell you that Casey, Brandon, Cruel, uh, John Wayne, everybody loves going to Chattanooga just because of how great of a time we all have. I, I love like a really fun place. Yeah. I gotta tell you as well, there are two people that really impressed me in Chattanooga. I think I know, I think you know where I'm going with this. But the Blair sisters, my girls, they they are fucking badasses. One, they are badasses. But they like are. they, I've heard they go to, they've gone everywhere and anywhere with you. 
Oh yeah, and they're the coming to Mania you, weekend. They're coming to they? Mania weekend. Like the dedication that you have yeah. with some of these people, as you said before, the locker room, they're ride or die. But the Blair yeah. sister, sisters are true testaments to that. They've and come was, to Boston. They've come to Michigan. I think that they came to one Chicago show. Did they? Uh, oh, wow. I yeah, know. yeah. Man. They they did uh, another very random play. They came to New Jersey twice. Yes, I know they came to Jersey. I don't. And, and I I knew eventually I was gonna give them that opportunity, but they killed it. They killed it. They killed it. They killed it. Now I have to give. Uh, now I have to fight the other one. <laughs> Um, I also want to shout out Rev. Um, I worked with Rev during the No Man's Land show that I did. Uh-huh. An absolute wealth of knowledge. An yeah, yeah. Incredible wealth of knowledge. Yeah. An incredible just genius of what yep. he does. I thought he was an old man. He's not an old man. No, <laughs> he's not. He, well, I he mean, looks, he's not young, but he's not like he's not like a. I thought he was like in his like sixties. Yeah, I thought he was real. Old. No, he's a legend though. An you also probably legend. thought that he had a hunchback. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute pleasure meeting him that Boston weekend, though. I mean, just an incredible talent, an incredible knowledge base. Also, let's let's give a quick little shout out to our boy Struggles. Struggles, Uh, my mentor, my he is uh, he is a gem. He is a guiding light in all of this. He definitely calms me down and uh, gives me a little peppy talk to make sure that I, I. don't go off the rails. So if anybody out there thinks that I went off the rails in this interview, I probably would have been worse if I didn't have a talk with struggles today. He definitely understands Danny DeMonto, which is not an easy thing for anybody in this world to do. Um, I am a handful. I am full of emotion. I care about things way too fucking much. Um, But that's why we're here today because I do care way too fucking much. did I do a fire sale all weekend long uh, yeah. just to be able to help fund next week's shows? Absolutely. And that's another thing that I want to point out about um, the state of ICW and um, money and things like that. There is no outside help with ICW. There's no bank account that has X amount of dollars in it. There's no, um, yeah, every now and then we do small sponsorships, but that the price tag is very, very low. For small businesses to be able to get involved, I it's can not vouch like, for that. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's not like those sponsors are being able to fund an entire show by any means. Um, so when you guys see me doing a fire sale or a Facebook live sale and stuff like that, know that that money is staying inside of the company, and I don't even have the time to be able to even fly to Florida to see my mother. Because I am constantly working on ICW. Um, ICW has very much turned into a merchandise company that runs wrestling shows and not the other way around, if that makes sense to anybody. Um, I'm capable, and, and that started with the pandemic. And I want people to be able to point that out. During the pandemic, we obviously couldn't draw the crowds that we were even allowed to draw, even if we were capable of doing it. So I had to learn other ways to be able to fund the wheel to keep going. And if I need to have guys sign eight by tens and uh, and pieces of wood, as some other people want to want to talk about it, and, and that keeps this all going, then there shouldn't be a problem here. 
uh, if if show posters uh, selling for forty dollars a piece helps us keep the ball rolling and keeps us being able to run shows in New Jersey and Chattanooga and Chicago and California and the United Kingdom and Australia, there's no problem here. There, but there is no outside funding. There's no other businesses that are helping us fund this. I don't have a side hustle. I don't have a shoot job. This is my shoot job. This is my side hustle. This is my all in. This is my nine to five. This is my 24 hours a day. This is my seven days a week. ICW all day. If it shuts down tomorrow, I have to figure out an entire other way to make money. We have, I have, I have a apartment, two bedroom apartment, and I have an office full of ICW merchandise for people to buy at all times. Shout but, out to your staff, by the way. They do a hell of a job. Just yes, shout done. out my my packing princess. She packing. is uh, she is a gem. I got to talk to her in Boston finally. It was like the first time I'd ever talked to her. Actually, did she Boston. bite you? No, no. I'm scared of her. She, I'm scared I'm, of her too. My, she's, she's dangerous. I don't. I'll she's, fuck with she's, her. She's, I'm like the I'm she's like the a, packing princess tamer. Apparently, I don't know. Oh well, if you if you didn't get hit. No, she's a she's a great human. She's uh she's a team player too. She she very much loves ICW. Um, she's learning the merchandise inside and out, and obviously she doesn't have that deep of a knowledge of the old school wrestling. Um, but she, she figures it out, man. There, there's been times I've been in a different country, and she was able to pack an entire fire sale just by paying a fucking attention. Um, Incredible. I, I can't I can't cheer my staff on more more and I can't talk about them more because without them this ball doesn't keep rolling. I I I selfishly put myself on shows every now and then because I like to get the itch and wrestle on the shows. If I'm if I'm running the show, wrestling on the show, um and it's a deathmatch show, obviously you need to have a staff behind you to be able to fill in the dots where obviously I can't be at all times. If I'm in the ring, obviously somebody else has to be doing something. You know what I mean? And uh, my staff from head to toe struggles. Uh, even Tom Customs. Yeah, Tom. The, the, the graphics behind ICW, I think, are top notch on the independence. I didn't know that. Yeah, Tom's Customs. Um, also, Mike. shout out to Joel in, in, uh, in Australia. They're... They're still fucking chugging along in DMDU. I cannot wait to get back out to Australia. Um, my UK team. Um, I just want to be able to hit everybody. Yes. Uh, weapons Master Ryan. Hopefully he doesn't sell out soon. <laughs> uh, and and most of all, we have to put over the clowns. The bocce boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I the finally Bucky met Bulls them have definitely the stepped up. They have stepped up big weekend. time in the last couple of months. Um, Hammer has definitely taken a leadership role uh, as far as the uh, weapons and the building go- is concerned. Yeah. And uh, not for nothing, I'm going to drop this information on this show right now. And Hammer's going to okay. be a little bit mad at me for okay. dropping it to the public. But Hammer once he took over was able to find a deal for 167 cases of T12 light tubes. What? Yeah, they so, told me that and I was like you guys are fucked no, up. No, he didn't tell me this. So in house What? In house of ICW 
in three different houses, to be honest, because okay. we we don't have it all in one place. 167 cases are wow. still, and yeah. I'm and I'm still accumulating them, so I'm still going out and hustling and getting light tubes. Um, I I I still hit up uh, local tanning salons that are getting rid of their light tubes. Okay. I, I, there obviously everyone knows T12s are eventually going to be non-existent, but 167 cases is a pretty good start. You pretty now start. have a monopoly on the on the weapons and in, in the pretty much probably the whole East Coast. <laughs> and I have a very very motivated team to uh, keep that pleasantly stocked. And I and wow. you're never going to see the 500 light tube match because I know that I have to preserve these fucking things. Yeah, of course. It, it's not happening, but just know that the team is well. The team is um, very, we very much love each other. Um, there's been times that we've cried together, happy tears over in Australia. There's been times that um, I've wanted to s- s- close up shop and thought that this was not going to be for me. But 100%, this is for me. I do it very well. Um, I don't need other people to tell me that because I know I do it well. Um, and it's because I love it. And I really love, love, love deathmatch wrestling as a small niche thing. But I also do love telling the stories that we do. I love the story, the long-term storytelling that we do long-term. I love working with other companies to make our stories blossom a little bit more. Um, I loved that Mittens got his blow off with uh, Matt Cardona couple of weeks ago at ETU, uh, two years in the making, Mittens finally got his hands on Matt Cardona. Let's talk about Mittens. That's That's one more more subject that we should probably harp on because obviously there's a misconception (laughs) of of Mittens as well. Um, Is Mittens a professional wrestler? Mittens is not a professional wrestler. Um, Does Mittens have a goal? with professional wrestling. Yes. Mittens wants to be a professional wrestling personality. And for what Mittens wants to do, Mittens is paying his dues the proper way and learning how to do things, everything the right way. If I thought Mittens was supposed to do something different, he'd be doing it different. I've taken the reins of making sure that he did things properly for the last seven years He has set up more rings than most of the independent circuit. He has learned how to do certain moves and stuff like that before shows every single time. Um, He has learned ring psychology. He has learned when to do things, when not to do things. Can he have a bell-to-bell match? Absolutely not. He cannot have a bell-to-bell match. But he very much serves his purpose. He works from the second the day starts to the second the day ends. I don't have to tell him a goddamn fucking thing. You don't. Um, I know that for a fact. I am, I am extremely proud of watching this entire process because he, is, he, he has come out of his shell as a person. And if I'm doing something wrong with mittens, then I don't want to do something right. Um, I've done a lot of shitty things in my lifetime. I think that mittens is my is my good karma. I think that um his story is going to be a great story one day for for a, a long-term story to be told. Um I love 
um, incorporating him in my matches. He's always on time. He's always on cue, and he always makes me proud of him. Um, So anybody out there that thinks that Mittens should not be a part of this, know that you're not waking up at 9 o'clock in the morning to catch a bus to be able to get to a building by the time it opens to be able to set up a ring, set up weapons, build them, break them down, take ring jackets from the ring, make sure that the weapons are all set up for the next matches, then take down the ring after the show's over, clean up the building, and then move on to the next show and not possibly even be a part of that show. Mittens gets rewarded every now and then um, when the when it makes sense, and he's very, very appreciative of every single time it happens, and he's not mad when it doesn't happen. To see his smile in the United Kingdom coming down those stairs and being a part of the United Kingdom so shows awesome. So awesome. meant the world to me. And if anybody wants to try to turn that into something negative, then you're a piece of shit. No, you are a piece of shit. Everybody, uh, yeah, fuck you guys for anybody saying anything because I always I say this to him. I say this to people all the time. It's like you're a father figure to him, and I'm very close with Mike. Yeah, um, I am so too. That's that's how I see it, um, and it's I think it's a really beautiful relationship. So everybody can shut the fuck up. I very much <laughs> feel that. I I, I yeah. mean we we joke about it on on air that I'm his dad and stuff like that, but. I, I mean, even even behind the scenes, if somebody was to fuck with him, it's like you're calling the dad card on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. a couple of, uh, I'll talk. Uh, I'll peel a curtain back a little bit more at Boardwalk Buds, um, whatever the fuck that was, a year and a half, two years ago. God, yeah, a year and a half. Um, Dalton, everyone's favorite fucking goof, <laughs> uh, oh. walks, walks into the show. And kicks Mittens in the back of the head while Mittens is building a barbed wire board. What? Packing Princess walks up to me and goes, hey, Dalton just kicked Mittens in the back of the head while he was making a barbed wire board. He feels like he has a concussion. What are you going to do about it? So now (laughs) I have this little girl in front of me calling me on my man card. And it's the middle of the show. Yeah. I grab Weapons Master Ryan. I said, I need you. Come with me right now. He goes, okay, what are we doing? I So we're going to go beat up a Dalton right now. <laughs> so Dalton's in the hallway of the showboat. And we find him in the hallway of the showboat. And he's backing up, walking backwards. And he's going, brother, brother, it's a work, brother. It's a work. I go, yeah, yeah, it's a work. Come, 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 come. And as I get to him, Weapons Raster Ryan grabs the beer bottle out of uh, Dalton's hand. I punch him in the face. I throw him to the ground. I punt kick him in the head. And then he scurries away like a little fucking rat that he is. And then the next day was when Schlack beat the fucking shit out of him. That's <laughs> right. Oh, my right. God. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh wow! Um, I want to say I got two closing questions for you. Okay, I'm rattling them off, but I just, I don't want to get you mad. But they're they're hard hitting. You down? Go ahead. All right. Number one. Anything? Would you say anything if you could to your former colleague? Which one? Brett Lauderdale. I love uh, Brett. Lauren loves Brett. Absolutely. You know, what's your opinion I would, on everything? I would say um, to him. I am absolutely fucking proud of you. Um, I was the one who got him. I I served up GCW on a 
platter. Me and Brett did. Um, and he has turned it into something amazing. And, and I'm extremely proud of him. Um, I hate the way that me and him ended, but that's definitely a story for another time that doesn't really need yeah. to be on here. Um, sure. But I think that we are two very successful people that didn't need to be sharing a pot to be able to be successful in this business. Uh, we did not need to be uh, struggling separately to build an empire um, together when we could go out and do it separately. We did definitely um, butted heads on a lot of creative things uh, when we were together. Um, and this gave us the opportunity to be able to do our own things. Um, Got it. Uh, GCW is more than I ever thought it was ever going to be. And um, I'm extremely proud of him and, and the team that he built over there. Uh, nothing but love. I wish we could share a little bit more talent every now and then. Um, but I do understand, uh, just like everybody else, that sometimes having people that are, you know, ICW guys and GCW guys does help. but. Um, I wish that we could work a little bit more together. Not, I, I'm not saying work together, like as far as like, you know, running shows together or anything like that. I just think that um, eventually I would like to be a little bit more on the same page as far as dates and talent and stuff like that, because we, we should be able to at this point, um, but nothing but love. He's doing it all the right way. He's killing it. The schedule is ridiculous. And uh, I, I am cheering it on. I love that answer. Um, thank you for answering that one. And my the final one, shot out of a cannon, left field. Is the door open for Cologne? I know Tremont came back. Cologne, welcome back to the chains for a final run. Alex Cologne, Alex Cologne's been welcomed back to the chains the entire. There was never a time that Alex Cologne was not welcome to the chains. Um, John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Cologne was my match. It was supposed to happen for me. We were going to do it at the Deathmatch Circus with um, Alex. Alex's only uh, request was that he wanted um, scaffolds. Yeah. And then nonsense, nonsense, nonsense happened, and we are where we are today. Um, Alex Cologne is an elite Deathmatch wrestler. There was never a time that the door wasn't open. Um, I do think that Alex um needed the break that he's on right now and I hope that he gets uh to the point of you know that he misses this enough that he wants to come back and he doesn't come back because you know he he needs money or any of those type of reasons because when Alex is motivated even if it's even negative negative motivation there's not many people that could touch him in in the game right now um i i i think that uh i think that there's a laundry list of people that he would do very well with and i think that even though he was not really a big supporter of the chains from the very beginning i think that he would be very very creative between them um once he realized the capability of what he could use the chains for in his offense. 
Um, you you talked about Tremont. Um, Tremont is a big part of the team uh, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Uh, I love my relationship with Matt. Uh, G. Raver is part of the reason why we didn't have a relationship for a while. I'll peel back that fucking curtain a little bit. Uh, he was a very manipulative person on that scene, and that was a, a very hurtful situation, and it hurt everybody involved. But Matt does understand that he and I are cut from a very similar cloth. Uh, we're very all in uh, in the same type of situation, and um, I think we work very well together on the same side. Um, so. Yeah, I think. Uh, was there anything else, Mike? Um, is there anything no, else? You, thank you for answering all for those. Um, yeah, no worries. Yeah. I I got some final questions for you, Danny. Oh, it's I Stephen think. A. It's Stephen A. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do we How do we not just say shout out to Stephen That's A. That's my best, um, one of my best friends. I, know I mean, you guys have had issues. He's been on the show. had issues in the past, but that he's been on the show before. But it, I mean, I hope that. At this point, that this is still at, uh, you know, obviously ICW has gotten to the point that it's obviously good for the community. And that's what Steven has always been focused on is what's good for Deathmatch and what's good for the Deathmatch community. So I think that's why I think I haven't really heard much from him in the last couple of months because um, I guess I'm doing something a little bit more right than he believed in the past. Um, Steven. Steven knows about me for a very long time. So he's, he knows about the young Danny DeMonto that, you know, rumors and blah, 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 and, and message board nonsense. Um, I hope me and Steven one day could sit at a table and compare deathmatch loves again one day. I will support anybody that will be positively supporting and spreading positive deathmatch word. That's across the board. If this guy uh, that's sharing my heart ballroom right now eventually does the right thing, go for it, dude. I'll cheer you on all, all day long. It, bell to bell, every single one of those Drake matches, I'll watch them all day, and I'll be happy for them. The shock value shit, it's, it's not for me. It's not for people around me either, it, you know? Um but that's an opinion. It's not for yeah. me. Maybe there, maybe there's a full ass uh, audience that will just love what they're putting out. And and if that's for them, go for it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm not hoping for anybody to do bad. Um, I, I don't want any shows to get shut down. I don't wish ill will upon legitimately anybody. Um, across the board, I want everybody to do well. Um, and, and what the last couple of weeks have taught us is that we don't have everybody forever. Uh, and that's friendships and that's, uh, full relationships that, uh, off of people that pass away. So sometimes we can control the relationship and keep someone in our lives that is still alive. And then sometimes people are taken away from us in the blink of an eye without us being able to say goodbye. So if we're going to end this on a positive note, I would love to say, hug your friends, 
tell your friends you love them. When we're at shows together, let's take fucking pictures together. Uh, there's never a time that I'm ever going to say no unless I legitimately have to go do something and then I'm going to come back to you and we're going to take more than one. Um, that's the type of person I am. I'm never going to not be this person. That's the type of person th- that I want to be around. That's what my team is like. You're never going to be told that they don't want to take a picture with you. They're, you're never going to be told that they don't want to sign your autograph. And you're, you're never going to be told that your time is not um, necessary because every single person in this business is supposed to be working together and not against each other. And um, I could get made fun of for saying positive vibes only uh, by, by clowns, but that's, that's what it's going to be now because we lost a very, very important person to us SPO. And he said it every single fucking day. And uh, this loss has definitely triggered a lot for me, uh, a lot of personal things, even though SPO means the world to me, a lot of this nonsense that I just spoke about on this podcast um, comes to surface when thinking about losing people, because there's people that are not in my life right now that could be in my life right now, but nonsense is keeping it away. And, th- and that's a real thing. It's not a storyline. It's not, you know, uh, you know, a thing to sell tickets. I'm not, I haven't tried to sell a ticket throughout this entire thing. I I've just been venting to two people that I like to talk to. And, uh, this is obviously going to be clipped up and there's going to be people that are going to oh, be talking well. about this and, you know, it's, it's my pipe bomb, but I haven't, spoken ill will towards anybody on this entire show except for g raver fuck g raver uh i hope that very bad things happen to him um and he deserves the worst uh Uh, and if you don't uh, agree with that watch the rest of the show (laughs) yeah rewind it a little bit yeah um well danny i guess uh, i'll see you on uh Thursday or Friday. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna mention something real quick. Go ahead. SPO has been one of the was one of the biggest supporters of this podcast. Yeah. Um he was he the biggest up, supporter to everything, dude. It, That's it, why it, this hurts every single one of us. I'm sorry it, for interrupting you, but no, don't it, it he he was such a team player and a cheerleader for everybody. Everybody has the same story that he he supported this, he supported that. And and that's what he was, dude. That he 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 went out of his way every single day to make everybody feel better that he could. It, it's just yeah. the person that he was. And I want to plug the episode that me and him did. This was even before Mike came on. This was Boardwalk Buds. Right after Buds weekend, when he had that whole car snafu, he was the most positive person. Oh yeah, they hit the deer situation. Yeah, hit a deer, and um. They, he's, it was just like roll with the punches, as you say. Yeah. And he just, yeah. They made it to Atlantic City as best as they could. And I mean, and SPO, SPO was with me since NHB 6. Yes, since 6. And, and there was never a show up until very, very recently. And, I, and like it kind of bothers me now that there was a show that happened to this recently. But NHB 6, all the way up until I believe it was a Boston show, it was Restival. That I said yeah, that he didn't have the open door policy. If you can make it to the show, you're on the show. 
but I told him that weekend, right before he was going to leave, um, I said, uh, I said, listen, we have two other referees for this weekend. I understand that you want to be a part of this, but we're going to have to share seven fights with three different refs. It's not going to be fair for all three of you. And he, he said, absolutely no problem. I want Gina and uh, Shiny Shoes to shine. And that was always him. He he wanted everybody to shine around him. He, did. he had no problems he taking light tubes, getting hit in the face, bleeding. He was a referee. <laughs> he he loved everything he did. And um <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm gonna dearly miss him. And I, I again I wanna plug the crap out of the episode that me and him did because it was just so positive, like so and, and um I mean again, Danny, thank you for coming on. This has been an absolutely incredible night with you. It was um, uh it it was uh therapeutic. It it was therapeutic for a lot of us. And I I mean, I'm a student of the game. I like to consider myself a student of the game. So learning more from you as best as I can. I mean, me and you, we've had our uphills or downhills, but we're here right we're now and we're fine. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that for everyone who wants to go on record. We're fine. And of course, me and Mike, um, we appreciate the absolute living hell out of you for coming on here, Dan. No problem. No problem. And I and I hope that anybody watching this, if, if you made it all the way to the end, I hope that I crossed a lot of T's and dotted a lot of I's for um a lot of these stories. Um I don't want to talk about them again. A lot of this stuff was it, it, it was hard to talk about. Um it's not something that I enjoy doing. Uh and I I was more just to be able to let people understand the person that I am and um, the goals set ahead and the team that I have assembled and that I'm not playing any type of war game. And, uh, you know, I want everybody to win the right way. I think that's an incredible place to just top it off. Um, what I like to do every show and Mike already knows this, but um, I love to let my guests plug away. So Dan, this is your time to shine. This is your platform. This is your room. Plug away, my friend. If you have anything to plug, anything to talk about, this is your time. So, my friend, uh, plug away. We're plugging? All right, we'll plug. Yeah, plug. This weekend, Faces of Death in um, New Jersey. We're there Friday, Saturday, um, live on IWTV if you cannot be there. Um, then we have a pretty, pretty much the longest break we've had in about a year and a half, uh, until we pop up in the UK in May. Um, once we hit the UK in May, we have two shows in the UK and we all, all a part of the God, um, rise tournament, uh, on Sunday. Uh, after that, a couple of weeks later, we'll be in Chicago. That's when you make your, your return, Lauren. Um, Chicago has very low ticket sale. I mean, uh, not low ticket sales, low ticket, uh, low tickets left right now for Saturday, Friday, a little bit more, but Saturday is definitely in the danger zone as we speak. Um, I obviously cannot just make more room for people once tickets are sold out. So once they're gone, they're gone. Um, and then we're rolling into summer deathmatch season and I haven't announced the goddamn thing, but in the coming months, there'll obviously be a Chattanooga return. That's that's obvious. Uh, there'll be more New Jersey dates. Um, there'll be an Australia return eventually. 
And everybody knows that the end game is always going to be when the chains finally get to Japan. Um, it'll happen one day, but it happens. It has to happen the right way. Um, we have people over there. We, we, we're making the connections uh, month after month. Um, just keep supporting Deathmatch Wrestling, everybody. And I appreciate you, Lauren. Thank you for uh, giving me this platform. I know we wanted to do this for a while. Servino's pissing right now, so I guess that uh, he's no, going to wrap back. this he's up. <laughs> but um, I guess it's time to end this. I, I guess so. But guys, thank you so damn much for joining this incredible conversation with Dane DeMonto. I hope you guys took something away from this. So for me, the mic, to the man himself, Dane DeMonto, Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your day, night, whenever you're listening to this or watching this. We thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Dose of Death. This has been a Countout Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Countout Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban.